are listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. I'm Janine, and thank you for tuning into my podcast. Each inspiring episode features an ordinary person leading an extraordinary life. Today, I'm chatting with Debbie Miller, the author of Free to Be Well. Her book will be available on Kindle in December, and eventually it will be on Amazon. Debbie is a native of Washington State and the mother of two beautiful children who are the inspiration for her research and her book. Free to Be Well is the result of over 10 years of research. While raising her two children, many health issues arose that guided Debbie in writing this book. Debbie Miller's research and experience convinced her that there are alternatives to antibiotics in many of the prescription medications that are harmful to children and adults. As Debbie states, we have choices which allow us to be free to be well. Her goal is to have healthier children that will carry on alternative lifestyles and robust health. Debbie's book is for people of any age who are looking for a health change for the better. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Janine. I'm so happy to have you Hi, on the show. Hi, Janine. Thank you for having me. Oh, I think this is going to be fun. Um, let's start with your story. I'd love for you to tell us your story. What led you to become so passionate about health issues and even to write a book? Well, my daughter, when she was uh, quite young, she came down with um, all of a sudden having pneumonia, uh, constantly. And when we went Hmm. to the doctor, they had said she possibly had cystic fibrosis, which I went, Oh, no, my kindergartner does not have that. And uh, we did the testing and everything. And uh, the cystic fibrosis was negative. And they started doing Mm -hmm. allergy tests. And it happened at the same time that she started going to school. And of course, in the fall with the leaves on the ground and you know, the kids playing and kicking them up, she all of a sudden came down with all these allergies. Well, I Mm -hmm. did not um, know at the time that um, all of the antibiotics and things that she was on, I didn't know that that was killing all of the good bacteria in the body. And, and, and basically, um, your immunity is compromised, because you don't have the goodies in there to fight off the bad things. And yes, yeah, right. so she went through years and years of, of allergy tests and breathing machines and antibiotics and all these things. And her lungs could not dry up because she had all these allergies. So they thought that she had cystic fibrosis because she had all of these, these like mucus plugs in her lungs. And so I thought, you know, running to the doctor when your kids were sick was the things that good moms do. And evidently, mm-hmm. um, it caused, you know, some, some lingering health problems down the road. And with my son, his first, um, vaccine that he got, you know, they always tell you, well, if they break out in a rash, get a fever, call us, you know, we, we track these things and, you know, we'll track that he had a reaction. So the night he came home from having his measles, mump, rubella shot, um, he was laying on the couch and I touched his leg and he was on fire and temperature of like 104. So I called the emergency room and the nurse said, well, you know, don't bring him down because, in, you know, in that condition, he's going to pick up whatever's, you know, in the ER and, you know, said, just put him in a cool mm-hmm. bath and, you know, um, try to get his temperature down that way. And, you know, which it did gradually. 
And so in the morning, I had called the health department and I let them know that my son had a reaction. And they basically told me that <laughs> I was ridiculous that that doesn't happen. And so I, I said, well, okay then. So that was the last vaccine I ever got for him. And, and then I started questioning mm -hmm. things because here's my daughter who's on this breathing machine three times a day. She's getting allergy shots. Um, mm. she doesn't look real healthy. And, and here I thought I was, you know, being the good mom. So I, uh, mm -hmm. started, uh, researching vaccines and allergies and mold and mildew because when they, you know, that came back, uh, so they had me strip her room of all of her, her pretty little canopy bed and her stuffed animals and anything that might hold dust or anything like that. Yeah, so she did have mm -hmm. a, quite a reaction to mold and mildew. Okay, yeah. so that was lab work that you had done, yes, and as that well showed as, that she, you know okay. ragweed and all kinds of different things that are just naturally in our environment. You know, even though we're in Washington State, we're in the mm -hmm. desert side. People go desert, and I'm like, yes, there's the desert okay. side to Washington. <laughs> we don't get rain very often, <laughs> so we do have a lot of dust blowing and a lot of wind and and things like that. So. Um, it basically set me um, into checking into things like that, kind of put me to where I am now. And if I would have known mm -hmm. then what I know now, she never would have been on any of those things. And, you know, it would have been more pro probiotics instead of antibiotics. And, you know, which is how she lives her life now. She is very conscious about any additives and yeah, and of course now she's you know got all different kinds of issues she deals with as far as you know things she can eat and things she can't and she she takes uh, mm -hmm. really good care of herself and I think if it wouldn't have been all of that uh, trauma that she went through as a kid you know she might have had a different route but I think if if people knew there was a choice where they, they didn't have to be on all of the antibiotics and all of those over-the-counter drugs and things that, you know, there are natural things. And they work just as well, if not better, and faster. We have a whole um, line of products that we take, and I use myself as a guinea pig for those products. And, you know, if it works well for me, then I recommend them to my friends and, you know, everybody kind of calls me Dr. Debbie at work because when they were sick or had allergies or, you know, sinus infections, you know, I said, okay, you know, this is really great for that. And, you know, they're off their allergy medicines. They're off all of the, you know, the little uh, inhalers mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's like, you know, this mm -hmm. is, this is really something. This, this, <laughs> this is really something. You don't have to take that stuff. And of course, if you're on one prescription, you're going to be on two or three because there's going to be the symptoms that come come up with that particular drug. There's going to be other things that, oh, we've got something that will treat that. Oh, that makes you dizzy. Oh, we got something for that. And it's like a, it's like a domino effect, isn't it? The, because I don't know if there are any prescription medications that don't have some yeah. side effects of yes. some sort. Especially scary is the black box warnings. <laughs> It says this will cause mm, death. It's mm -hmm. like, excuse me, why? Why is the FDA, you know, putting these out on the market? Well, that's a whole nother story with the FDA. But um, yeah, there's there's just so much that you can do with what's natural. And 
you know, these, these mm-hmm. things were put on the earth for a reason, you know, they, they have such mm-hmm. great health benefits. And I feel like I have to get the word out there to people, especially with small children. And, and I was just reading a thing today about the autism. And, you know, I know when I first started researching autism, um, it said back in 1988, it was one in 10,000 children that had it. Well, now, yeah, now it's one in mm-hmm. 55. I know. I, th- I think I've even yes. seen one in 48. Uh, it's, it, it, I mean, it's incredible if you, if you think about it and the amount of heartbreak and medical costs and just the, the, the wide, wider view ramifications of a child developing autism are, yes. are just incredible. And I, I do believe, you know, because I've, I've researched women who have recently had babies and they said that, yes, they are given a large dose of antibiotics just before birth. And I said, why are why are they doing that? Well, of course, you know, the hospitals have so much MRSA and, you know, they don't want to risk having patient come down with MRSA from, you know, giving birth to a baby. But it's killing off all of all of the good bacteria that baby needs to get when it goes through the birth canal that helps its immune system. I think that's where some of the neurological weaknesses are, where some children are susceptible to the autism. And they've mm-hmm. done testing on the cord blood of newborn babies. And there is like 266 chemicals that are in that cord blood. And it's the additives in our food and the way we eat now where everything's fast and quick and, and it's not healthy. And you just have to think what's the ramifications of all of these chemicals in a newborn baby's blood? You know, where's the weakness? Mm -hmm. And if they do, like I said, have a neurological weakness, if they get put on more antibiotics or the mercury from the vaccines, it's going to affect their, their brain. And Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. you know, if I can help anybody at all, you know, then I, I am just, totally satisfied with my life because it's so important to me to see um, happy children and happy parents and, you know, everybody healthy without being, you know, chained to the pharmaceuticals that they, a lot of people absolutely think they have to live on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know for myself, when I was going through my health issues, which I'm coming out of now, your whole perspective is yeah. based on health. You know, and sometimes I think, wow, now that I'm getting better, I'm feeling good. I don't have brain fog. I'm getting more energy. I'm starting to really feel like me. I'm like, what what am I going to talk about? I don't have all my health issues to talk about anymore. (laughs) I mean, I do right now because I can tell people how much better I'm doing and why and what's going on. But wow, once I'm just feeling good, I'm going to have to think of other things to talk about. (laughs) Well, let's. Let's start with talking about, or continue, I should say, about mycotoxins and why mycotoxins are so dangerous and fungus. And then we can get into realizing, of course, that you are not a doctor and you are talking about things that you have found to be useful, but what some of the, uh, some of the, the things that you'd like to share with people that have been useful for you and your family and your friends in, uh, dealing with symptoms of, imbalance well, you know, and illness. with the mycotoxins, you know, it, it's the fun. 
First of all, well, what is a mycotoxin? It's a mold species, actually. It's a, it's a secondary metabolite that's produced by organisms of the fungus kingdom, and it's capable of causing disease and death mm-hmm. in humans and animals. And even though you may have one, you know, mold species that has got into your body, it can uh, make many different mycotoxins and it does cause disease and illness and it can cause death because if you have such an overrun of the toxins in your body, it affects your liver, it affects your kidneys. And once your liver is affected, which I know well because <laughs> I, I have a liver issue, and if, if you cannot flush mm-hmm. those toxins out, they build up. And like you were talking, brain fog, um, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, digestive problems, skin problems, hair, nails. It's, you know, even your eyes. It's, it's never ending. If you think of fungus, people think of mushrooms. Well, when you go in the forest and you see like a, a tree that's died, uh, it'll be covered with mushrooms, which is fungus. And they feed mm-hmm. on dying tissue or dying material. And the mold and um, the fungus need a warm, moist environment to thrive. And what better mm-hmm. than a 98.6 body, um, you know, to thrive in? And if you eat a lot of sugar, if you crave breads like white bread sandwiches you know donuts pastry that that is your body uh craving that sugar so that fungus doesn't die and people that have they say i've been on you know 60 different diets i can't lose a pound i can't do this i can't do that well it's not a diet specific to yeast uh candida albicans is like a whole host of of other problems. And it is a, it is a fungus also, and it does, it craves sugar. And so you, you just need mm-hmm. to change what you put in your body so that you kill off that fungus. And everybody goes, well, what, what can you eat? And when I tell them what to eat, they go, gosh, I would starve to death. And I said, no, not really. <laughs> it's just a change <laughs> in the way you think. You know, we're all used to fast food. Oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat right now. I'm going to pull in here. I'm going to have all this junk food that, you know, is going to fill me up for a minute, but I'm going to feel miserable in about 20 minutes. And if I eat like French fries from somewhere, I, it doesn't even take me that long. And it's like, oh, that oil tasted so rancid or whatever it is, you know, that they do to these little Mm -hmm. French fries, which you think are just a simple little thing. But I see kids from, you know, the time they can start to eat food, you know, here's your French fries, have some Coke and don't do it. (laughs) Yep. And that all breaks down into sugars. And our children now that are small, they are starting to already develop fatty liver disease. And what that is, it's because Mm -hmm. of all of the, you know, artificial flavors, artificial colors, all of those things, your body just can't get rid of. You just overtax your kidneys and your liver. I was reading an article uh, the other day about children in school and about how if they were given a choice on what they wanted to lunch, most of them wanted to lunch on fruits and vegetables. If if it was a choice, mm-hmm. you know, they would take an apple or whatever. And I thought it's it's our way of thinking that we put on our children and go, oh, here, here's a cheeseburger from somewhere and uh, go ahead and eat and we'll be done with it. And it's, it's kind of just 
easy and quick and, and send them on their way. And now they're happy because they've got a full tummy, <laughs> but it's the issues mm-hmm. further down the road. Uh, you know, I did a big thing in my book on Ritalin and, and all of this HD or ADHD that uh, children are supposedly having nowadays. And if you mm-hmm. take away all of those artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, um, the chemicals, and just give them pure food, you know, you've got we've got all these ninja blenders and all these things. Just throw a bunch of fresh organic fruit in there, and you know they absolutely love smoothies of any kind. And I see all these kids mm-hmm. running around with bottles of water. I'm like, okay, that's better than a, a diet anything. Um, just Feed them well. Don't don't be in a rush to just shove a hamburger and fries in their face and call it dinner. Take time and and uh, get a healthy environment for your body. And that's kind of kind of where all the fungus and the the candida, because with all the antibiotics they're on, they don't have the good flora in their in their gut, and that's going to lead to stomach issues. And once I think all those chemicals are in their body. They're, they go a little manic at school. They want them to be quiet little soldiers in their chairs. Well, you know, that kind of stunts their creativity <laughs> when you drug them and, you know, keep them like little zombies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more for the parents and the teachers. Excuse me, parents and teachers. But it doesn't bother me to see kids running around and enjoying themselves. And don't stunt their creativity. Don't uh, put all that mind altering things in their bodies, you know, just try to mm-hmm. keep it clean and pure. Have your kids help you plant vegetables. And my friend, she did a great vegetable garden and her grandkids were out there with her and they were eating all these fresh vegetables out of the garden and they loved it. And she you know, had all these new nice. recipes for all these fresh veggies and fruits and things like that. We just have to get back to the basics of the way it used to be where you, you know, you ate the good stuff and didn't fill your body full of all that. And you take you take some time to fix a nice meal and it doesn't have to be right. anything elaborate, you know, but I think it's it's become so easy just to grab exactly. processed food. And like I tell Stephen's boys, if you absolutely feel you must eat cereal, then, you know, you've, you've heard my spiel on it over and over and over. So I'm going to stop. But I say I don't right. consider that food. Right. It, it's giving you calories, but that's about it. And it's probably robbing you of minerals and enzymes and things that are, are needed to, to process exactly. it in your body. That's exactly right. And that's it's when you mentioned the cereals, our grain supply, it's contaminated with fungus with mold because the way we store Mm. and we store them in the silos and even though there may be you know a window or opening on one side where the hot sun especially here in the desert it's 100 105 110 degrees you know we have wonderful summers here but it's nice and hot and we have a big agricultural um, environment here and it used to be a lot more wheat and grain, and now it's more towards wineries and grapes because we have very good soil. And, you know, we, we're similar to France uh, comes to growing grapes. And so we have a terrific wine industry here in this area. But with with the wheat and the corn, you know, now it's like that was one of my biggest 
my biggest things was that the mold or mildew in our grain supply, and I was constantly feeding my body all of that. And if you look at the ears of corn, mm-hmm. you've got all that black stuff on the outside on the husks. Well, that would be mold and mildew. The silos, they sweat and then they cool and they sweat and they cool. And perfect environment for more mold and fungus and things like that to grow. You know, when they have the little pyramid of the foods, the pyramid's upside down. <laughs> you know, the, 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 grains, mm-hmm. the grains should be on the very bottom and the fresh fruits and vegetables should be on the top. And um, it, it is an issue um, with the grain supply and what we like with the breads and things like that. You just have to really be careful. And for me to cut out corn was like the worst. And I find I had cut it out mm. for about seven years. And I finally went to the movies with a friend of mine. And I could not resist to have popcorn with the butter and all of that stuff. And I tell you what, mm-hmm. by the time I got home, my, I was so bloated. I felt like I was about six months pregnant. And I was absolutely miserable. I said, boy, do not ever do that again. You know, you can't eat corn. <laughs> and well, and most theaters well, don't yeah, use butter true. either. <laughs> you know, it's it's crap. So we have a, we have a little um, civic theater in Nelson that they've just redone it. It's an old theater, and they have real organic popcorn oh, with real gosh. butter, <laughs> and and they have organic chocolate treats and things. Oh, it's my. awesome. I love going there. So is what you're saying then? It doesn't make any difference if the corn or the grain is organic or not. Um, well, from what everything I've read, our corn supply is universally contaminated, which means, you know, even when they say mm-hmm. they're heirloom seeds or whatever, they would have to really, really prove to me that that is not going to be contaminated with aflatoxin B1. It's the most carcinogenic substance known to man. And if mm-hmm. you eat enough of that, you're going to find out that you're very sick. And, you know, I come from a family of farmers back in Missouri and, you know, my uncle had lung cancer and he a couple of years ago passed away. He had, uh, let me see, I think he had uh, colon cancer and um, mm. working with the silos and, you know, the hogs and the corn and all the corn dust and the chemicals, you know, to spray on all the crops. And you just know that that's, that's going to be an eventuality. These turkey farmers mm-hmm. and chicken farmers used to have horrible, horrible lung issues because they were always walking through where the chickens and the turkeys were and picking up all that, that little musty stuff from them and inhaling it. And, you know, you just, you, ah, it's just kind of scary anymore on, on, uh, on what you can do. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like from what you're saying, now tell me if I'm wrong, that it's more the way the grains, the corn yes. is stored that yes. is the problem. Yes. Once the aflatoxin okay. is in the seed or in the kernel, I, I can't see any way of that ever getting out because it's, I don't know where there's any place where they have grown corn, where they've never put chemicals in the ground, where they've never sprayed, you know, it's, it's really hard to tell. And where did the seed come from that if they do have a truly organic farm, where did that seed come from? 
did it come from an already contaminated source? You just you just don't know unless, you know, like you grow your tomatoes yourself. But where'd the seeds come from? The chemicals, it's just unbelievable. And that's where I think some of my health issues come from, because I used to use the weed killer. <clears throat> and you know, they said, oh, yeah, mm. that's so safe. You can drink it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want to drink it. But I would be out spraying my weeds and I'd have my shorts on and, you know, it spray on my legs, my ankles. And, you know, my little hose would leak and my hands would get soaked. Well, then I got this really bad rash on my ankles, which, you know, took going to a doctor and, and getting a special cream because it would not go away and then come to find out that it was part of the liver disease. And I was just putting more toxins mm. and more toxins, you know, severe toxins in my body when I was out there because it was soaking through my skin. And I, so mm -hmm. I, now I cut that out. <laughs> go out and pull my weeds mm -hmm. by hand, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really toxic, toxic world that we live in. And those chemicals are, uh, going to be the demise of a lot of people if they don't change either the way they do it. Cause there's other kinds of sprays, there's organic sprays. There's, you know, I've, I've been doing the soap and the, the water and the, I'll even put some like lemon juice, lemon you know, lemon peel delimining in there and to the aphids on my mm -hmm. you know on my rose bushes or whatever and i'm not using the chemical sprays on my flowers anymore um, you know there's mm -hmm. just other avenues that you can do instead of rat poison you can put peppermint you know in a bottle and spray you think you have a mouse problem or whatever or spiders or bugs you know you spray pe peppermint oil around the house and they won't come around <laughs> you don't have, don't have spiders and ants and all that kind of thing and with the mice they can't smell food once they've inhaled that peppermint so they scatter off somewhere else so there's all kinds of alternatives and you don't have to worry about your animals with peppermint spray you put down you put mm -hmm. down some uh, rat poison or or whatever those little mouse bait things are, and if you get into it, you're gonna mm -hmm. probably be going to the vet. It just seemed to be a whole big cycle of everything that was affecting your body, and you have to really be conscious when you're around children and spraying things. And I think what you were saying about family family dinners and things. Kids love to go in and help. You know, I think once once we realize that you have to look at their future and what it's going to be like, if you continue to give them all of these chemicals, they're not going to have a healthy lifestyle. And we're already damaging our, our mm -hmm. babies with this, uh, the autism rate, you know, and that that is all us. That is not something that just happens because how many years ago, who ever heard of autism? Oh, I didn't when I, I mean, when I was a kid, I, and growing up, I don't remember anybody with ADHD. There was nobody with autism. There would be a few Down yes. syndrome children. It, it was not, I mean, nothing. It was nothing. And now it seems like yes. it's the norm. And it's scary. It's, it's really scary. And mm -hmm. you just, you, you don't even know now who knows what it's going to be next year. And if you're a teacher, how are you going to integrate all of these children together and try to have a classroom and teach children? 
and I, you know, they prefer them to be on, on these medications. Well, I have interviewed people that I knew when they were young children and they were on Ritalin and they were on Adderall and they were on all of these drugs to keep them from being fidgety and they had drug mm-hmm. problems as adults. And, um, one of them mm-hmm. recently passed away because she could not deal with the ups and downs of being in and out of the, the drug world. And I asked her, I said, do you feel like that contributed to your drug problems? And she said, of course it did. She said, because I had to have that kind of stimulation or that kind of, um, I don't know, zombieism, whatever it is, because I've never been on those kind of, of drugs as <laughs> I never had that problem as a kid. We had we had fresh air in the schools and we had good food to eat. And, you know, I never, nobody was ever like that in school. They never had anything like that to. You know. Right. And we were outside playing instead yeah, of sitting yeah. at the and computer. So it was just making me crazy that to think that you're giving your 10 year old, eight year old, these different drugs and I have a whole list of all of them and the symptoms and the side effects in my book. And I absolutely wanted to scream. I said, you're giving this to eight year olds and six year olds and even young as four, four year olds, what four year old needs to be on something to calm them down. I mean, change their diet you know, give them, you know, fresh fruit and fresh vegetables and don't hype them up with all of these, these different chemicals. And I think they will see that these kids don't need this stuff. And like I've read about to be in the attention deficit child, it takes a lot of testing to be determined to actually have it. And now they're saying Mm -hmm. that that's a farce. There is no such thing. Well, really, the pharmaceutical uh, companies really did a good job on parents then because they made billions off of these drugs. They're yes. they're very good at that, <laughs> you know. And and to me, there it's just it's another symptom coming out of some kind of imbalance in the body, probably gut inflammation yes. these days, and you know all of these mm-hmm. diagnoses. In my mind, they're just, yes. they're symptoms. It's not what's really going on. They're symptoms of some kind of an imbalance, some kind that's of an inflammation in the correct. body. Yes. And that's what fungus does. It causes inflammation and inflammation causes all these other, you know, like I said, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, um, gut issues. Yeah. Depression. Yes. Depression. And just mood swings. It's just a whole plethora of, of all different kinds of, what do you want to say? Maladies? Yeah, it's scary. Yep. But it, hopefully in my book, I can help some people. I can show them, you know, what these drugs really do, because I don't think they really have a clue. And I have to read mm-hmm. every single thing I put in my body because of my liver. And if I overtax my liver, boy, I am, I am just miserable and I have to get in there and start taking all my supplements and all the things I know that really, really work on cleansing my liver and my kidneys. And, um, it's mm-hmm. that kind of a thing that we have to be proactive, not reactive. And we have to know that if you give your kid, you know, that red 
candy, they're going to, you know, start running around the room or if you give them too much ice cream or whatever, because I have a friend who's a little boy. She said, now watch this. And she would give him an ice cream cone. And within five minutes of finishing that ice cream, this kid literally just ran circles in my living room. Just like a a dog chasing its tail. And I said, why do you do that? She says, I think it's funny. And I said, is it funny for him? (laughs) And it it was humorous. I mean, because he was just like a little choo-choo train on a track. He would not stop. And I said, you know, you, you have to know right now that there's things in that that are affecting him in a very negative way. And so, you know, just seeing that and, you know, knowing that this kid's going to eat red licorice and in 10 minutes it's going to take off. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and that's an immediate reaction. And so when you also think about these things that, you know, I just want to, I just want to go off track here for a minute because it reminded me about, um, sunscreen. And the mm-hmm. chemicals in the sunscreen. And now mm-hmm. the kids are are having vitamin D deficiencies. They said, we are having all of these kids with vitamin D deficiencies. Well, that's because you're using sunblock and you're blocking all the vitamin D that that child needs. And that affects their mood. It affects so much. And now they're saying, oh, well, we need to give you a supplement for vitamin D because you're not getting enough. No, you know what? You send your child outside for the first 15, 20 minutes, whatever, to get a good 20 minutes of sunshine and get vitamin D in Mm -hmm. your body that way. (laughs) And I just, I just had to go off for the second on that. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll tell you, I have a very unconventional way. I don't remember now where I read this. And, you know, everyone just take it for what it's worth. But I read that SOD, superoxide dismutase, uh, which is something your body needs anyway, but that if you take just a small amount um, once a day, you don't need to use sunscreen. And I've been doing that for the last three summers. I used to burn easily and I haven't used any sunscreen and I'm out in the garden a lot and outside doing things and um, I haven't gotten a burn or anything. Well. (laughs) so I don't know I'm not you know I'm not a doctor or anything I'm not but I'm just saying from my experience and from what I had read yeah it seems to work and even if you do get a burn just take a bath in apple cider vinegar and it takes all the steam and the redness away the next day you're not sunburned (laughs) right or spray some aloe vera on something natural yeah and and you're not going to peel and you're not going to be all you know (laughs) <laughs> have the layers of skin falling mm-hmm. off but it's it and it's mm-hmm. simple once you start reading and you start researching and you think gosh you know why isn't everybody doing this we're in a hurry we don't have time for this we don't have time for that we want instant gratification right now you know i'm hungry I want to eat right now i want to be full right now mm-hmm. and it's right well we absolutely. need to make the time it's for children it's for our children Debbie, you had mentioned that you knew when your your liver was acting up. Can you talk a little bit about what the signs and symptoms for you of, of um, that? Well, um, first off, it started with a blood test, and it said my enzymes were high. As a mm-hmm. kid, 
My friends and I used to play with mercury. We would break open thermometers and play with mercury. And I have a feeling that that's where it began. Because I remember that Mm. summer, I was really sick. And we were always out playing always. We never stayed in the house. You know, we had three TV stations back when I was a kid. And so you did not stay in the house when it was, when it was sunny and warm, all the neighbor kids, we were all outside. Well, that summer I could hardly get out of bed. And when I did, I was so woozy and dizzy and I never told my mom, Oh, Hey, well, you know, we've been playing with mercury and I'm not feeling good. You know, you, you never made the correlation. You just knew that here was this little silver stuff and you could roll it all around and you could slap it and it would splatter. <laughs> and you just didn't know the dangers. And um, yeah, so I, you know, and I was burping up like that sulfur, the rotten egg thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, we didn't ever go to doctors as a kid. You, mm. you just didn't. But then we weren't sickies. I think that's what started it. And then um, there is a family uh, family weakness of liver disease. And my father had it also. And I am lacking some enzymes in my body, which I did not know mm-hmm. until I started. Um, I ended up in the hospital in ICU. I, I was bleeding out. My esophagus had ruptured in a bunch of different places. So I had like four different surgeries. And they said, you have an enlarged liver and um, you have cirrhosis of the liver. And I said, oh, great. So I wonder, too, then about all of the chemicals that, like I said, I was spraying and I was soaking my hands in. Roundup was the one that I would use all the time. And I thought, well, you know, maybe that contributed to that. And I, um, it, mm. back in the 90s, I had uh, blown out three discs in my low back and could not sit, stand, lay down. I probably would eat oh, about 18 mm. to 20 Tylenol a day for three, three months. Yeah. And after that is when I started having mm. blood tests that came back bad on my Oops. liver. And I told, um, I told them, I said, you know, if there's ever a class action mm-hmm. lawsuit against Tylenol, I am going to be number one on the list. Well, there was. And I put in to be in this class action. And uh, because my injury was back in the 90s, it was too long ago. So I was um, not included in the loss. I would have to watch what mm-hmm. I ate. And, um, and if I had alcohol, and at the time, I didn't know you don't take alcohol and Tylenol at the same time. <laughs> so I kind of ended up where I was. And mm-hmm. now I do not, I'm not allowed to touch Tylenol or any aspirin or any that stuff at all. I have found a liver doctor in Arizona and I think she basically saved my life when it first, you know, when I first started having the really high enzyme levels, um, come back. And as long as I stay on her liver supplement and keep on it regularly, I feel great. That I, you know, when you start feeling good, you go, ah, oh, I forgot to take it. Oh, didn't have taken it mm-hmm. for two weeks. Well, then I get really bloated <laughs> in my upper stomach and I, I can really, my brain fog, I can't think, I can't sleep. 
I have horrendous cramps in my legs where it feels like literally my muscles are being torn off the bone. And I said, okay, uh, there is an enzyme. It's called NAC mm. for short because it's a name. And let me tell you what, that is the enzyme I've been missing mm. mm-hmm. in my liver. And I do not go without my NAC and my Levitone Plus uh, for my liver. And I recommend if anybody wants to get a hold of me, um, you know, I, I'll uh, give my my email and I can guide them towards these different different products. Also, I take, um, oh, my gosh, I take oregano, oil of oregano, um, ooh, olive leaf capsules. And you have to be careful where you buy these products from. They're not something I buy over over the counter in the grocery stores. You just have to do research. And like I said, I've used myself as a guinea pig on all these products that I take. And they basically have been keeping me healthy. Because when I got out of the hospital, they didn't tell me, you know, you've got this long. You've got, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I still was facing more um, more surgery, but I don't have insurance. So that'll have to wait, hopefully. As long as I do that and take those supplements and just think, okay, even when I feel good, take them anyway, because you know you're going to drop off and then you're going to feel like yuck again. <laughs> you can tell because you you can't think. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. you just, your memory, it's like, ah, oh, I have short-term memory loss. And uh, I'm pretty sure that was from all the blood I lost uh, when I went to the hospital I, I don't know how to get that back other than, you know, just stay on this regimented cycle of, <laughs> of goodies that I take for my body. Well, I will tell you, I have my memory back. I have, I'm clear headed. I haven't had brain fog in over a month. And just as the weeks go by, oh my. I keep thinking, you know, this is it. And then my brain keeps getting clearer and clearer. And it's, it's amazing. And people who have it never had brain terrible. fog, just, I'm sure they can't even begin to imagine how awful it is. It, it ruins your life because you really can't function. And oh. I'm actually tackling some paperwork that I should have tackled years ago. And I'm realizing now why I couldn't do it. It was so overwhelming. Right. Because of right. the brain fog that I just couldn't do it. And now I'm like, okay, it's time to tackle this. <laughs> I want to know what you're doing for that. Well, yeah, I it's it's something we're we're gonna be doing a podcast on it, but it's David Flowers' work with True Wisdom, True Immunity, and he has figured out a way. He's been doing this for I don't know, twenty years. Uh-huh. Um it's just it's a it's a signal from one brain to another to turn the immune system on. And because I had high liver enzymes, I had lots of gut inflammation. I I had been working with a functional medicine doctor, Matt Flory, who's been on the podcast. And we had gotten me to a certain point. And then then Stephen and I went and saw David Flowers. And I've lowered my thyroid medication four times now. It's been about three months or so since we were there. And uh, my joints are feeling great. My brain is functioning properly. Um, you know, and it's still a work in progress because my body's still repairing. It's pretty amazing. I I used to take tons of really high, the best quality supplements I could find, and I'm not taking any of it. 
<clears throat> it's pretty incredible, actually. Yeah. Quite a few people who have allergies. Allergies are like the first thing to go yeah. when you do this. Stephen couldn't drink milk. He was get bloated and really stinky wow. gas and everything. And now he's chugging the milk down and he couldn't do seafood. Now he can eat seafood. And yeah. when he'd be outside with the, the dust and stuff, working outside would bother him and he'd get kind of an allergic reaction and he hasn't had anything. Um, another person who was seriously uh, had gluten intolerance can eat wheat now because once your body is functioning properly, once your immune system is really yes. doing what it's supposed to be doing, your body is meant to be robust mm -hmm. and healthy. And a lot of this stuff that we're talking exactly. about, your body exactly. can handle. Oh, that's terrific. If your immune system's working properly. The brain fog is the worst because my job, I, I have to remember a lot of people's names. And before I ended up in the hospital, I knew everybody's name. I mean, from they could come in from three years ago and I knew their name. Now I only work a couple of days a week and I struggle. I go, okay, there's a D in it. Okay. Um, um, and I go, okay, just tell me your first name. You know, you know, and it's, it's terrible because they, they go, Oh, Oh, she knows who I am. I'm I like, Oh, darn it. I totally yeah. empathize with you. It's, I know I just, it's so embarrassing not to remember people's names. And I'll tell you years ago when I had an aromatherapy company that I started at the kitchen table called Ravenwood, and I knew all mm -hmm. of my customers, I knew all of my vendors, I had all of my formulas, everything. You know, and head. that's a horrible, scary feeling because people look at you like, God, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, you have no idea what it's like to, to search and search your brain you know, and I go, okay, it, just give me a couple of minutes. And it literally will take me like three minutes. I go, okay, got it. <laughs> Is this eight? Yeah, I know. I know. Yes. So, you know, for those people who are out there who have oh some gosh. of these symptoms, um, it's, it's not over. It can change. <laughs> you have to look in the right place. So Deb, you had yes. said something, you've got a, a little bit different um, take on lumpectomies. Okay. Um, well, a lot of, a lot of doctors aren't trained in fungus and mycocetes, um, or, you know, um, my brain just went mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, if the fungus can develop these, you could say fungal tumor for lack of a better word. And it, it looks like on an x-ray that you have a cancerous tumor. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they go, oh, gosh, you know, you've got that lump and we need to do a biopsy on that. And I'm like, OK, so I, I hear people tell me this all the time. And, and I, I just want to say, please don't let them stick a needle in there and, because it is it's. OK, there's um, Deb Kaufman, who absolutely changed my life when I first started listening to him about inflammation and fungus and yeast and Everything I've been studying, he has been the guide to where, you know, I go to get my information. And he used to talk about this, about how it's like, a, mm -hmm. if you think of a water balloon and you stick a needle in that water balloon to try to take some of the water out, well, mm -hmm. you may stick a needle in there and get a little fluid out of there, but uh, what's going to happen where that hole was? Now, when, when this fungal seat, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, when you stick the needle in there, <clears throat> it's going to leak 
it's it's been encapsulated. It's been a total little, you know, little water balloon all of its own until you poke at it. And then that fluid is going to leak out. And more than likely, it is fungus. And when it's that concentrated that it forms a lump like that, that fluid is going to bathe the surrounding tissue. So if it is indeed fungus, then there is more of that going to cause more inflammation. It's going to cause it to, it to spread systemically because now it's in the tissues. It's going to get in your bloodstream. It's even going to be more, more, oh, what do you want to say? Uh, it's going to be uh, stronger than if it was still encapsulated where you could go in and just remove that as one as one lump. And lab techs do not know the difference between a cancerous tumor okay. and a fungal seed. They don't know the difference. They cut it open. It looks the same. Fungus will mm-hmm. be white. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times, is it a cancer or is it not? And, you know, they say, oh, we've cured all these people of cancer. You know, we, of course, we gave them all this chemo and radiation and everything. And it's like, uh, was it really cancer? Uh, was that just fungus? And when you can't eat <laughs> because mm-hmm. you are so sick, you're going to kill off that yeast supply because you're not feeding it. And so I, I hate to hear people getting biopsies of a lump that's inside their body. Just take the lump out. Just do it. Just cut it out. Take it out. A doctor who is studies environmental medicine is the best person to go to because they, that's, that's what they do. I mean, they know all about all of the fungus and the, and, and the different things that cause this in your body. Environmental medicine is wonderful. If you feel like you're not getting any help from a doctor, they're telling you, we can't find anything wrong with you. We don't know what it is. They're going to guess and they're going to give you prescriptions to, to work on a symptom Mm -hmm. and it's not going to cure. I don't know one single drug out there that cures anything. Mm -hmm. It treats a symptom, but it brings more symptoms and more side effects along with it. Like we said in the beginning, you're going to be on maybe one prescription, then it's going to go up to six. Or, or like my last guess, his mother ended up on 36 medications. How in that, how in the world, how can, how can someone take that many medications and not have all these counteractions? Well, that's why she was taking them was because of all the side effects. And she was, she was a zombie. And uh, Nathan, for those of you who didn't listen to the last podcast, Nathan said that she actually fell asleep while cooking one day and burnt down half of the apartment building. Ugh. I know it's a, it's a very sad story. So you're talking about uh, an environmental, a doctor who is, yes, is, is schooled in environmental medicine. A functional medicine doctor is what I tell people you should look for a functional medicine doctor because functional medicine is only about 20 years old. Um, but the idea is that you're really looking at the systems of the body, where there's inflammation, where there's imbalance. You're not focusing on the symptoms. You're focusing on what is the root cause. 
of this person not feeling well. There are more and more functional medicine doctors. A person who is schooled in functional mm -hmm. medicine can be an MD, an ND, a chiropractor, a nurse practitioner, nutritionists. There are more and more of them out. And if someone doesn't, I'll put a plug for Dr. Matt Flory because he's been on the podcast four times. He's created this functional health team so that people who don't have a functional medicine doctor in their area, that they can still work with the functional health team and do it yes. online. Yeah, he, he's very interesting. Very interesting. I, I was watching him on the inflammation. Yeah, very good. Very mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so if somebody has a lot, yeah. uh, what you're saying is don't go for a biopsy, just have it taken out, right. and then it can be analyzed to see if it's fungus or if it's a cancerous tissue or whatever it is. What would you say to someone who... It just isn't feeling well. It's kind of a generalized thing. They don't have energy anymore. And they're just, they're not feeling well. They're getting kind of depressed. And from your experience, what what do you feel would be the Okay, the well, first if they have not had a, a blood workup, there is a lab here that uh, works with most of the cardiologists. And I kind of think it's a way just to get patients. But... <laughs> It's, it was a useful tool for me because <laughs> I would get the whole battery of blood tests done and it would be like $35 and I would read them myself because I knew, you know, and it does the kidneys, it does the liver, that does the heart, it does the cholesterol, thyroid and all of that, you know, which normally will cost you a couple of hundred dollars, you know, if you don't have insurance when you go to the doctor and mm -hmm. that way I can read it myself. And I started with the internet when my liver enzymes were bad. That's how I found, you know, Dr. Cabot in Arizona. And um, mm -hmm. you first, if you know that your liver is giving you a problem, then you know you have to do things to cleanse the body. You have to cleanse your liver, you know, whether it be milk thistle or a combination of different things for your liver and exercise drink a lot of water. Water will help flush all of those toxins out. I think, and also your attitude, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you feel like the world's against you and everything like that, if you can find a way to flip that around and it's, you know, just think, you know, how beautiful it is. Like today we have this beautiful sunshiny day at 64 degrees outside. It's just beautiful for the middle of November. You know, <laughs> and I was just, wow, you know, while nice. we've been talking, I've just been looking at the sun shining out the window thinking, you know, what a beautiful day. And this is just, I'm getting information to people that I'm hoping is going to help. But, you know, I think attitude, because when I, when I get up in the morning and I say, oh God, you know, I'm going to go to work today and blah, blah, blah. And I love my job. I do love my job. And I think, I try to think positive all the time. You, you, if you have negative mm -hmm. people around you, they suck the life out of you. If you're living with people who are just negative and down and dragging you down, then you are going to be depressed. You're going to be down. I would say, take a look at what you're eating. Look at the labels. My mm -hmm. daughter is the biggest label. looker. <laughs> I, I almost hate to go to the grocery store with her because <laughs> she goes, mom, you can't have that. And I'm like, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> she says, look what's in it. And I go, crap. <laughs> so, um, you know, just take a look, you know, if there are more chemicals, if you can't even pronounce those chemicals, put it back on the shelf you know, or go home and look up what those chemicals mm -hmm. are on mm -hmm. the internet and see what they do to you. 
it's like the big Parmesan cheese, you know, thing now. It's all it's all like um, sawdust. And I'm like, what? I'm reading sawdust? What? And yeah, you look at the ingredients on Parmesan cheese. And uh, yeah, it's basically cellulose. It's, uh, it's sawdust. I buy the Parmesan uh-huh. in the chunks and I put it, I put it in my food process. Actually, what I do is I bring it home and I put it in the freezer because it's about 45 uh-huh. minutes away for me to get the real good, real good yeah. Parmesan from my Italian grocery store. And I put it in the freezer and it is so easy. It just, it just crumbles after you've had it in the freezer. And then I put it in the food processor and yeah, we eat tons of Parmesan, yeah, but I exactly. can assure you it has no exactly. cellulose. So in you it. need to take a look at what you're, <laughs> what you're eating. And it's like when I was in the hospital and they wouldn't let me go until they, I could show them that I could eat. And it's like, I looked what their menu was and I'm like, yeah. Mm. You know, all this stuff is bad for you. <laughs> if I eat Jello, I'm going to get a migraine because of the red dye number, or whatever it is. You know, and and it does. Um, those those dyes give me a migraine, and even their yogurt was the one that was mm-hmm. full of high fructose corn syrup. And I'm like, um, do you just have oatmeal? And she goes, Yeah. They kept me an extra day because I couldn't eat. You know, well, one thing I did want to eat because you know yeah another thing it hurt a lot to eat uh, but i i think a person Mm -hmm. needs to really take a look at their life sit down and write down what do you eat when do you eat it um what kind of mood are you in when you eat do you eat because you're sad do you eat you know because you're you know how many of us just eat because Mm -hmm. we're hungry and with me and my mind fog, I think about eating something and then I forget for about another five hours and go, oh, shoot, I forgot to eat. You know, <laughs> So there is an advantage to having mind fog. Um, <laughs> but I would I would definitely take a look at what I'm putting in my body because so many of those chemicals can have that effect on you. I, just the MSG. I cannot right. have MSG. I am I am drugged out if I take an MSG. Uh, you know, like Chinese food. If I eat it, and I try to tell them, please don't put it. And they mm-hmm. say, Oh, well, we we can't do that. And I'm like, Well, okay, then I'm not eating here because I can't. I'm allergic to your MSG, and it does. I come home and it knocks me out, and I get up and I'm feeling really bad. You know, I have a, a liver that absolutely hmm. will not tolerate those chemicals. You know, you have to take a look at it mm-hmm. and see, have you had your blood tested? They tell you, you know, you have this, 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 you know, you can uh, look at ways to help yourself. My cholesterol, they wanted to put me on cholesterol drugs. Now, once I went on that liver cleansing diet, my cholesterol dropped almost 100 points in uh, four months. Right. Yes. I know I was told, oh, I should be on statins. I'm like, sorry, no way. And I said, I'm still hypothyroid. Mm -hmm. And that's very common when you're hypothyroid. It's all interrelated. And I'm sure that once I get all of this figured out and, you know, my body starts healing. And now the study comes out that statin drugs aren't helping. Yeah. Statin drugs. Um, I've told my friends whose husbands have been on it. And I said, well, you might want to get your husband a bottle of CoQ10 because if you're on a statin drug, you need CoQ10 for your heart because they used to put that in the statin drugs, but it costs 17 cents more to make the drug by putting CoQ10, which is an enzyme you need for your heart. And, um, uh-huh. so they took it out because they weren't making as many profits, but then people were going to die of heart attacks and not just cholesterol. Uh-huh. People uh-huh. had cholesterol forever. 
I mean, there's people with walking around with four hundreds, you know, on their cholesterol and they're still healthy. You know, some people just are naturally mm-hmm. high. Some are naturally mm-hmm. low. I used to be almost 300. Now I'm down to like, I think it was 114. And I was like, yes, I can do this myself and I don't have mm-hmm. to have a prescription. So if someone is feeling really yucky, I would say, look at your diet, look at what your environment is. Um, do you have mold in your house? Do you have mildew in your house? That's going to really be a big thing because, you know, black mold is is not a good thing to have in your home and not to be breathing. That's going to cause a lot of, of mm-hmm. you know, a lot of joint pain and like feeling just cred, like you're feeling really, really crappy when you get out of bed in the morning. And if you're inhaling mold or mildew all night long, you're not going to feel good because you're not healthy and it's going to affect your lungs. It's going to affect, like I mm-hmm. said, fibromyalgia, it's going to chronic fatigue. You're going to have where you don't sleep well and um, get out in the fresh air, get out and start walking, you know, just start out slow, walk about a quarter of a mile, walk back home and then increase it. You need to get some fresh air in your lungs and you need, you know, it just feels good to get out, like walk to the park. It's beautiful to be out in nature. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of these tests that have been done on a lot of these chemicals and products haven't taken into consideration the cumulative effect and the synergistic effect of all of these these chemicals and toxins in the environment right. and in our food and how they interact. Just one thing probably isn't going to be a problem, but then you, you start layering on dozens of uh, hundreds of, of chemicals and toxins and things. Yeah. It's, and it, once you really, you know, is. if you know that you're sensitive to the mold and mildew, if you know that, you know, it's, it's going to cause you breathing problems or whatever, I, you know, I have went into one of these older stores with a friend of mine and the minute we walked in, her and I both went, Oh my gosh, can you smell the mold in here? And I, we, we got short of breath. Mm. We were like, <laughs> like <laughs> coughing, you know, and, I told her, I said, how do these people work Mm -hmm. here? And it was in some small town. I don't know. We used to go on these little road trips and it was some little small town, but it was Mm -hmm. absolutely, it took our breath away, literally to even be in that store. And we only could shop as long as we, you know, we went in there to get what we went in there to get. And we got out of there and I'm telling you, if you're going to work in an environment like that, where you can just literally smell that, you are not going to be healthy and you're not going to feel good. And so that's why I said, you know, mm-hmm. you got to look around, mm-hmm. you know, what what's going on around you? You know, what's, is it your environment? Is it, you know, your, your home situation? Is it just that you're not eating well, you're not eating healthy, you know, stuff? the carrot juice mm-hmm. in the morning? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love carrot juice. Put a half a green apple on there. It's really good. And at night, you know, drink some apple cider vinegar and water. I tell everybody, if you have acid reflux, do that or drink a little baking soda and a little bit of water. Because once you start taking all those other acid reflux medications, you're going to be on them forever. Mm-hmm. And the apple cider vinegar and water does help. I had never had acid reflux in my life. And I started getting it when I was... Before before I started uh, working with Dr. Matt and, and doing the True Cures, I started getting acid reflux. I just yeah. slugged some apple cider vinegar down and that, that took care of it. But now I, I haven't had it See, again because my body's functioning properly. 
And it doesn't make any difference what I eat. I don't. Yeah. I don't and, have any you know, that's another thing with the apple cider. You know, it it helps um, make an alkaline system because disease and illness cannot live in an alkaline system. And our our systems are so acidic because of all the junk that we eat. That's another reason why people don't feel good. Well, I like I like Dr. Matt's thing. He says, if it comes from a mother, like a, you know, a cow or a, a hen or whatever, it's either got to come from a mother, had a mother or yeah. come out of the ground, there then you can go. eat it. There you go. <laughs> In other right. words, it, not but, processed yeah, foods. Getting back to if you feel bad, like I said, look at what you're eating, look what you're putting in. You know, if you're putting garbage in, you're going to feel like garbage. And, and it doesn't happen overnight because we've been wrecking our bodies for a lot of years. And sometimes it's going to take you three, four months before you go, hey, this is really working for me. You know, but with me, I know right away. I know when I ate something I shouldn't have, I know right away. And if I stay on my supplements for my liver and stuff, I know that mm -hmm. I'm feeling good and it's working and I'm going to keep with what I'm doing. It just depends on the person. It's mental, physical, it's environmental. All of those things have an effect on how you feel and how you act. And I think you just sometimes have to talk to people individually because a lot of times they don't have a clue what <laughs> what's going on in their life. You know, they go, I don't know why I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, well, let's sit down and talk about it. You know, what do you do on a daily basis? You know, what's your day like? How's it begin? How do you sleep? What what keeps you functioning? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sleep. That's another thing. Very, very important. Most people do not get enough sleep. So, Debbie, how about why don't you tell folks how they can get your book, how they can connect with you? Okay. Well, I have an email and the email is free, F-R-E-E, -E, and the number two the letter B, to be well. Okay, it's free to be well. Yeah. Ah, free to be well. I get that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gmail.com. I just okay. I just started it today. Gmail. Okay. So free. Huh? Ah, okay. So free, the number huh? two, B as in boy, well, W-E-L-L, yes. -E yes. at gmail.com. Okay. And your book? If they would like to um, reserve one. They can send a request to me and I will absolutely mm -hmm. put them on the list. And when um, we do the Kindle, it's just going to be a little short version, like maybe um, one chapter. And it's, you know, it, it won't be much at all. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not real sure what they're what they're figuring this is going to be yet. But as soon as that's available, I can let them know. And then if they're interested enough to purchase the book, then we can go ahead and put them on the waiting list for it. I have a quite a few people on the waiting list now. So I'm, I'm getting really excited for it to come out. Yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll see what people think. And, and if they have any, you know, anything they'd like to share with me, I would be happy to hear. And if I can help them, you know, guide them towards anything, I would like to do that also. And like you said, I'm not a doctor. I don't, you know, I don't prescribe. I don't, <laughs> I can only recommend things that have mm -hmm. helped me and my friends and family that have really seen the difference in uh, what it's done for them. Allergies and, and asthma and mm -hmm. things like that, or chronic sinus infections. I've heard such terrible things about what they want to do to people with drilling holes and sinuses and stuff. And I go, no, 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 no. 
before, before you do that, here, try this, please. Like I said, and I've tried everything on myself. I would not recommend anything that I have not been a faithful, faithful user of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Debbie, I want to honor you for putting yourself Thank out you. there and um, using your experiences to to really help other people. And you could have just helped yourself, helped your family and not done anything, but you obviously uh, feel the calling yeah. to to help other people so they don't have to reinvent the right. wheel. That's how I say it. It's like, you know, you don't have to go through this. Yeah. I've gone through it. And, you know, here's my experience exactly. and here's what's helped. Exactly. So, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been really nice having you on the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Debbie Miller. Have you learned some new information that you can use to improve your life? Do you have one or two friends who would also enjoy this conversation? Please share the love. It's my joy to be able to have interesting conversations with people who have information and perspectives that can enrich our lives, and your help in getting the word out is greatly appreciated. Listen to and download podcast shows at www.realjanine.com, J-A-N-E-A-N. You can subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. And do you have a minute to perhaps leave a rating and a short review? That would be awesome. Until next time, take care and be well. Be well.